God direct, God's wisdom, God's way. This is our new sermon series based on book of the, uh, the book of Proverbs. To refresh your memory, the first topic for last Sunday was the beginning of wisdom. This morning, we are going to look at the second topic, a call to true humility. Today's passage is Proverbs 3, 1, verse 1 through 12. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your baths will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. And Proverbs 22, verse 4. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. The word of the Lord. When someone asks you, what are the main causes of your stress in your life? What are your response be? Think about it for a moment. Of course, our lives are complicated and there are numerous causes depending on the season of our lives. Among them, many survey results show that relationship problems with family, friends, co-workers, or others are always one of the main causes of stress in people's lives. Finding broken relationships is not difficult. We often encounter them in our family, local communities, society, and even within churches or denominations. In fact, we all live with this challenging issue every day, and we are looking for a solution. When you experience discrimination, neglect, rejection, or unfair treatment, it can deeply hurt you 
and such experiences are not easily forgotten. Often, you do the same actions to others, whether you are aware of it or not. Our relationship problems are causing a lot of unrest and pain in our lives. Broken relationships are also prevalent in our world between different genders, generations, social groups, political groups, religious groups, races, and nations. These conflicts can even escalate to serious violence or wars, as we witness in the media every day. Good relationships can be a significant source of joy, but broken relationships can become a great source of pain. Whether we like it or not, whether we can see it or not, our lives are all impacted by one another in various ways, directly or indirectly. In fact, in this world, we all encounter and contribute to relationship problems. This is not good. But it was very good at first. In Genesis 1, verse 31 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was an evening, and there was a morning, the sixth day. All that God had made were very good in the eyes of God. Very good means everything in creation, including human beings, was perfect and harmonious. When everything was fully aligned with God's divine will and wisdom, it was very good. However, today, we don't see the same perfection and harmony in our lives, in our families, our communities, and the world. It is not good. That means this world is not aligned with God's divine will and wisdom. Since Adam and Eve proudly chose to set their direction and go their own way, everything changed. People began to build their own kingdom based on their selfish desires. Worldly culture says, you are the center of the world. You set a direction for your life. You deserve what you deserve, desire, and you decide what's right or wrong. They are described as self-centeredness and self-determination. The core of this rebellious spirit is pride, which is the opposite of humility. 
Every day, we are influenced by this worldly culture. And many Christians still build my kingdom where I am the center of my life. I will plan for my life. I will get what I want. And God should help me with my goals. I will decide and others should be helpful to me or serve me. Isn't this mindset sounds familiar to you? Examine your heart for a moment. When was the last time that you asked God these questions? Lord, what is your purpose for this season of my life? And what do you want me to do for your church, for your kingdom? What do you, who do you want me to help or serve today for your glory? Which kingdom are you building in your heart and your daily life? My kingdom or God's kingdom? Only when everything in your life is fully aligned with God's divine will and wisdom, you'll be very good in the eyes of God. When you are building my kingdom, you are bigger than God in the center of your life. Your selfish desires will let you set a direction for your life. Your limited knowledge and experiences would be all you can rely on in navigating your life. A self-centered approach for your family or workplace would be like this. If my spouse always agrees with me and serves me, my marriage life will become lovely. If my kids always listen to me and obey me, my family will be peaceful. If my parents always understand me and allow me to do what I want, my relationship with them will be good. If my boss is always satisfied with my performance and admires me, my workplace will be great. It's not going to happen because everybody, everybody is building my own kingdom. And this world does not revolve around you. Each kingdom in the world will inevitably collide with each other. What causes our relationship problems? The root cause is pride in my kingdom. Pride is sin and very dangerous because of the following reasons. Pride leads to a sense of self-sufficiency and self-importance, which can blind people to their need for God 
So they say, I'm doing just fine on my own. I don't need help. Or I can make my own decisions. Recognizing our dependence on God is the beginning of our relationship with God. Pride leads people away from God by fostering a false sense of self-reliance. Pride can manifest as disobedience to God. It may cause individuals to prioritize their desires and they will put them over God's will, leading them to make choices that are contrary to what God says. Pride can harm relationships as it results in selfishness, arrogance, and lack of humility. Our call as a Christian is to love and serve others, which can be hindered by prideful mindset. Pride can lead to unhealthy comparison and judgment of others, fostering serious tensions and division. Jesus teaches us the importance of loving our neighbors and not judging others. Pride is considered the root of many other sins, as it can lead to greed, envy, anger, and other sinful negative behaviors. As a result, pride will keep you busy building your own kingdom, which is ultimately destined to destruction. That is why God warns against pride in the Bible. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Jonah, one of the prophets, believed that the Ninevites were more sinful than his people and did not deserve God's mercy. So he initially refused to obey God's command to go to Nineveh and preach it to people there. Paul, before his conversion, prisoned and killed those who followed Jesus, believing that he was doing God's work. He was proud of who he is and what he was doing with his religious convictions as a religious leader. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. His father was the author of Proverbs, and he might have learned a lot about it from his father. But his pride got him into big trouble. When Solomon passed away, the kingdom was passed down to his son, Rehoboam, and he faced an immediate crisis. The people gathered and expressing their discontent 
with the heavy labor demands and the burdensome taxes that his father had imposed on them. Rehoboam wisely asked for three days to make a decision. During those three days, Rehoboam took the first step to the right direction. He sought counsel from his father's trusted advisors. Their response was wise. First Kings 12, 7. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. In essence, they suggested that he should listen to the people, reduce their burdens, and show that he was a king who cared for his people. However, Rehoboam wasn't satisfied with this advice. Instead, he turned to his young friends for counsel. Their response was quite different. 1 Kings 12, 10 to 11. The young man who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. They, they advised Rehoboam to increase the people's burden just to prove his authority and power. Rehoboam followed this advice. Soon after his decision, the people revolted, and 10 out of the 12 tribes of Israel broke away to form the northern kingdom of Israel. And Rehoboam's kingdom became the nation of Judah. This happened all because of Rehoboam's pride in his authority as a king. When do you usually think about humility? It may be when we think, I am right and they are wrong, or I am better and they are worse. So as a Christian, you maybe feel like you need to lower yourself in order to match others. But this is not humility because there is already a thought in your heart that you are superior to others. Humility literally means lowliness of mind. That means it is not just an outward demeanor, but a deep-seated attitude of the heart. If someone put on a facade of humility, 
while harboring pride and arrogance within. It is not humility. Jesus said in Matthew 5.3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Being poor in spirit means recognizing our complete spiritual bankruptcy, acknowledging our utter dependence on God's grace. In Luke 22, before he was arrested and crucified, Jesus prayed on the Mount of Olives, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is God and knew what he was doing to save his people and knew what was going to happen. Yet Jesus was in anguish and fear. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. In Mark 15, 34, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. And Jesus breathed his last breath. He truly knew what eternal separation from the living God was. He sweat like drops of blood was supposed to be ours. His last crying out was supposed to be ours. Jesus wanted to draw us back to himself and keep us in an eternal loving relationship with him. Jesus endured unbearable agony and completed his work on the cross. Before God, we are all sinners undeserving of his love and unworthy of his grace. Without God's love and grace, we are mere dust that will fade away. We are saved because Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on the cross. We once lost all rights to the gift of life. But we are saved by God's grace. Every breath you are taking now is from His mercy. We owe Him everything. In our sinful eyes, you may be seen as better or worse than others. But in the eyes of God, we are all image bearers of God and equal before Him. We all fall short of His glory. 
God still loves us and forgives us. He has exchanged our worthlessness for His infinite worth. And He has graciously adopted us as His children. All of us belong to the creator of this universe. Who can say, I am better than you and you are worse than me? Who can say, my sin is lighter than yours and I can fix you? Who can say, your sin is heavier than mine and you cannot be with me? Genuinely humble people don't think about humility and don't know they are humble. Humility is not what we can achieve by our work. If we can achieve it, it can become a source of our pride. Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. True humility comes from understanding who we are in light of who God is and in our relationship with God. When we deeply desire God and solely depend on Him in awe, his spirit will fill us. And true humility will be revealed in our hearts. Then the kingdom of God will take root and grow in our hearts, reflecting his grace, love, humility in every aspect of our lives. Let us fear the Lord and walk humbly with our Creator and extend His love, grace, and humility to all those around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you with humble heart this morning. We pray that you will deepen our desire for you and your kingdom. Help us walk in humility daily and seeking your wisdom in all aspects of our lives. And may our lives reflect your love, grace, and humility bringing glory to your name and joy to our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.